12 things that I have learned after being in business for 12 years. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. This is Andrea Eppolito, celebrating life, luxury, and above all else, love. This weekend, my business celebrated its 12th anniversary, and to commemorate the milestone, I wanted to come on and share with you 12 things that I have learned after owning and operating a successful and profitable business. The first thing that I learned is clarity is king. Clarity is everything. This is about knowing who you are as a person and as a business. It's about knowing who you are working for, what you do, and why. Throughout the life of your business, you are going to be faced with questions, decisions, and conundrums. And if you have absolute clarity about who you are as a business, the kind of people that you want to work for, the kind of work you want to do, and why you are doing it, you can put every question up against those standards and it will deeply remove the anxiety that comes along with making these decisions. This will apply to everything from, should I take this client? Should I work with this vendor? Is it appropriate to place an ad or to do a podcast or to make an appearance? Everything that comes up in your business needs to be put up and tested against who you are, who you're working for, what kind of work you're doing, and why you're doing it. If the opportunity or the question posed can check those boxes and align with your personal vision, you will always make a good decision. The second thing that I've learned is that you must be accountable. Now, there are two different levels to accountability. There is the accountability you have to yourself, and there is the accountability that you have to others. As a business owner, everything stops and starts with you. I take responsibility for everything that happens in my business. Every email, every text, every piece of paper that goes out, everything that happens on site. Because ultimately, the buck stops with me. And if you've listened to Gary Vee, he talks about the fact that, you know, he blames himself for everything. If you listen to Tony Robbins, he talks about the fact that you need to both, the thing that you blame is also the thing that you need to thank. For me, it's really about just saying, I decided to start this business. And this business is the thing that I am ultimately responsible for. And so I have to be accountable. Did my task list get done? Did I do the things that I wanted to do? Did I do the things that I needed to do? And did I do it in a way that I'm proud of? That's internal accountability. There's also an accountability and a responsibility that you have to others. First, obviously, is to your clients. Did you do what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it? Did you come up with the thing that they needed? Did you service them properly? And there's accountability to your team and to your vendors and to your community. We all create the community that we're working in. And so there is a level of accountability that we have to have if something isn't working in our community, in our industry, with our vendors, then we need to take accountability and responsibility for that and we need to actively work to change it and to make it better. Number three 
is the connection we have with others. Connection is so incredibly important. When I started my business, there weren't blogs, there weren't online educational courses, there weren't digital downloads, and you know, I certainly didn't learn how to own and operate a wedding planning business when I went to UNLV and when I got my degree. And so the ability to go out and meet other people in the industry, to identify people who were at a place that I wanted to be, to connect with them and learn with them was so incredibly important and so vital and so helpful. I, If I went on and on about the people that influenced me and the connections that I had that helped me learn and grow, we'd be here all day. It would, it would be a forever podcast, and I'm so grateful to all of them. But it's also about being able to connect with your ideal clients. So it's about putting yourself in places where you can meet people who appreciate and who want and who are looking for the thing that you are trying to provide. So find a way to get out of the house, out from behind the desk, out from behind the phone, meet people in real life and build a strong connection because that will lead you to number four, which is feedback. Get information about your business from other people always. Information is power. And the more you know, the better you will be at moving and growing and doing the things that you want to do in your business. I ask for feedback from my clients all the time. At least once a month, I send them an email that just says, how are you doing? I want to touch base. I want to see how you feel. Where do you feel you need help? Where do you feel like things are? And this isn't about necessarily my work product because I run the process. I run the program. But it's about finding out how is that making people feel? Do they feel well taken care of? Do they feel seen? Do they feel heard? Is there anything else that I can do for them? I also ask for feedback from every outside partnership, vendor team, collaboration that I work with. Every single time I do a wedding, I send a thank you email and then I send a questionnaire and I ask people, how did we do working together? What are the things that I did that made your job easier, more enjoyable, better? Did I help you grow? Did I help you change? Did I help you do something that you always wanted to do that you had never been able to do before? I also ask them, how can I be better? I am somebody who sends a lot of emails and makes a lot of phone calls. Do you find that helpful? Do you need me to deliver information to you in a different way? Because going back to the accountability, it's my job to make sure that you are set up for success. And so I am always asking for information. I am always asking for feedback. And then I weigh that feedback against whether or not I believe it's going to help me do a better job for my business, for my clients, and for my partners. Number five, don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to shift and to do something new. We all get very kind of tunnel vision in our verticals. When I started out, all I ever wanted to be was a wedding planner. That was the only thing that I could see in front of me. And as time went on, I realized that 
I had developed skill sets that would allow me to do other things, things that were a risk, things that scared me. Never in my life did I conceive of the idea that I could design a hotel lobby. Never in my life did I think I could design a venue and then help build it. I didn't think that I was going to be in education. That was certainly not something that I was looking for, but I looked out into the world and I saw white space and I said, I'm not going to be afraid to shift different areas of my business so that I can maybe fill that in a way that is unique to me and that can make everybody and everything better. So if you're a photographer and you suddenly develop an interest in video, if you are a venue owner who suddenly wants to do something with rentals, don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to change the way you're pricing, the way you're packaging, the way you're presenting. Change will always lead to growth and it gives you an opportunity to develop new skill sets that will always make your main vertical, the main thing that you love to do, your core. Changing in one direction and learning will always strengthen your ability to be a better wedding planner, photographer, venue owner, because you will have so much more information and you will have sharpened tools that you didn't even know that you had. Number six is numbers. I came from a sales background, and so I live and die by my numbers. And that is so important. You need to know your bottom line. You need to understand costs. You need to understand cash flow. So it is so important that you understand where your money is coming from, that you understand when it's coming in. You need to know where and how that money is flowing out, and you need to be able to manage your costs all the time. Personally, my, my dream is always to have one full year of operate expenses sitting in the bank. A year is the dream. The reality is having six to nine months of my costs covered for both my business and my personal life really is the thing that drives me. Now that ebbs and flows, but I'm never afraid of it because I really understand the numbers that go into my business. Number seven is marketing. Mar Every single day when you walk out the door, whether you are going to take your kids to a doctor appointment going to the gym, running to the grocery store, you are marketing yourself and your business. You are a walking, talking advertisement for your business because you have no idea where you are going to run into the next potential client or somebody who knows your next potential client. And so making sure that every single day you are marketing yourself to the world with how you present is incredibly important. Marketing also goes into ads. Most print magazines, so many of them, have gone away and there are blogs. I personally don't believe that ads hold the same value that they used to, but social proof does. Being able to engage with other businesses and other people on social media, being able to post on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and share your own individual thoughts without a gatekeeper, these are the places that your clients are really looking. These are the places that the industry is looking. So develop a social media plan, figure out how you're going to get 
social proof, and every single day do something that markets your business to your ideal clients. Number eight is team building. I am a solopreneur. I own and operate my business on a day-to-day basis completely by myself. My husband is my partner in business and in life, and he's definitely my advocate and my consigliere and the person that I go to for advice and for all of those things. But on a day-to-day basis, I don't have a team. My team are the other vendors, the other businesses, and the other people that I invite in and that I choose to collaborate with, which is why it is so important that you have an understanding and a relationship with the other businesses. On the day of the event, people aren't going to point fingers at anyone but me. And so being able to build a team, knowing that this particular photographer will work really well with this videographer. But this videographer and that lighting guy don't always see eye to eye. Get to know the people and the businesses that you're working with so that you can build an incredibly strong team that operates as a unit for one team, one dream on the day of execution. Number nine, focus and discipline. This is always really hard because there are days, no matter how much you love your business, that you are going to wake up and you're just not going to want to do it. So having a clear focus about what you're required to do that day in order to hit your matrix for success and then having the discipline to do that thing, you need to develop a plan. So for me, I do a brain dump every single week and I write out either Sunday night or Monday morning every single thing that I need to accomplish that week. I schedule those tasks at a time where I know I'm not going to be distracted by kids or dogs or husbands or phone calls. And then I have developed a discipline that says, even if I don't want to do this right now, I am going to do it because it is the thing that is required of me in order to move my business forward. Discipline is hard. Discipline is, it's really, it's doing the thing that you know you need to do even when you don't want to do it. And in order to get that done, you need to find a way to focus. So I definitely encourage you to look at the environment that you're working in, what's going on around you, what noises are there, what the lighting is like, what the air temperature is like. I can't work if it's really freaking cold and my husband loves to freeze me out. So when I need to do super focused, disciplined work, I will leave the office and I will go somewhere else. Focus and discipline are very important. Number 10, communication. I love to communicate. I over communicate. So everyone communicates differently. Some people prefer phones. Some people prefer text. Some people like email. I'm somebody who believes that the triangle is strengthened when you have all three. So find out how everyone communicates on your team and communicate to all of them all the time. So perfect example is timelines. I start writing my timeline as soon as I meet with my clients because I want to have a client profile. I want to have the date. I want to have the location. About two months out, I will send the rough draft of the timeline out to all of the team members. And I say, hey, take a look at this. Let me know if there are holes. Let me know if anything needs to shift or change. Because 60 days out, 
I can still manipulate and manage that. After I send the email, I'll text certain people and say, hey, you've got an email, please go check it. If I don't hear from someone, I follow up with a phone call and I say to them, I shot you an email, I sent you a text, I just want to make sure that you are looking at this because it's my responsibility to make sure that they are processing the information in the way that I need them to. 30 days out, every single week, my partners get an update on the timeline. Now, a timeline is long and there's a lot going on. And so in email, I will actually call out, these are the changes that we've made. These are the times that have shifted. These are the people that need to pay extra attention. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Because the more you communicate upfront, the less likely it is that you will have problems on site. Number 11 is work-life integration. I think balance is bullshit. I think that this entire industry and idea of we have to have work-life balance just sets us up for failure. It sets us up for struggle because balance doesn't really exist in a meaningful way. And so rather than say, I've spent exactly this much time on this project, I've spent exactly this much time with this kid or with whatever it is that is this preconceived notion of balance. Instead, I have sought to integrate my work into my personal life and my personal life into my work. So here's an example. During the school year, I have to take my kids to two different schools. And that timeline, that process of driving, picking up, going back and forth, zigzagging, takes me about an hour and 10 minutes. And it's the same thing on picking them up. It's an hour and 10 minutes. So I lose about two hours and 20 minutes a day, five days a week, on drop-offs and pickups. It has to happen. So what do I do? I integrate that into my time blocking, into my schedule. I know that I can get work done before I start that drive. I know that I can get work done afterwards, but I also know that for one hour and 10 minutes, I have a captive audience with my children in the car. And so during that pickup and drop off, unless it's an absolute utter emergency, I don't take work calls. I don't look at my social. I don't try to figure anything out. That's my time with my kids. That's integrating my life into my work schedule. And then when my kids are having their iPad time or their electronics or playing with their friends, even if it's quote unquote after hours, I took two and a half hours out of my work day. I can build that on the other side after dinner when they don't necessarily need me as much. For some people, this doesn't work. Some people need to work 9 to 5 and then be with their families from 5.30 on. Whatever works for you, you do need to figure out a way to have your work integrated with your regular life. And I'm going to say this now, build in vacations, build in breaks, build in time to rest and to play because it is so easy to burn out in this industry. And it's also easy to forget what you're working for. So if I take an hour to go and do a frozen yogurt run, if I take an hour to go be in the pool, I come back, I feel refreshed. I feel more disciplined. I feel more inspired because I don't feel like my business is costing me my life.
And number 12th, and probably the most important, the business will provide because the business always does. Whether you are talking about working through the pandemic, whether you are talking about working through a down economy, whether you are talking about the fact that engagement is down, whatever it is, if you keep working through the dip and through the curve, if you commit every single day to learning, to growing, to sharing on social, to being present, and to being the best version of yourself, you will be able with the proper attention to your numbers to outlast the dip. You can ride that wave. You can do other things to support your family, always support your family. But if you are committed to your business, your business and the universe will conspire and it will come back and it will support you. It will feed you financially. It will feed you emotionally. It will feed you creatively this business is an extension of you. And as long as you keep showing up for it, it will turn and it will show up for you in ways that you could never have imagined. Those are the 12 things that I have learned after being in business for 12 years. The people in this community, you guys have so much to do with the fact that I am allowed to show up every day to do the thing that I love. And so this in so many ways is a thank you and an appreciation to you because outside of my clients, this community is the thing that has given me so much professionally and I just love you. So until next time, thanks for listening and we'll talk again soon.